Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today I want to speak about something out of what is potentially the most famous story in the Bible outside of the Gospels. The story of David and Goliath is so well known that we use it as a description of an event when someone faces someone else they should never beat in a million years. Every underdog story seems to have the subtitle or the tag, a David and Goliath story. And so even if you've never read this passage before, um, stay with us. You, 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 even if you have, stay with us. We're going to unpack something uh, quite profound. The title for today is Look Again. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who tune in often and regularly, again, thank you for joining us. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And the point is simply for us to grab a cup of coffee or tea, or perhaps at your um, gym while you work out or on your way to work or to drop the kids off at school, wherever. Let's just spend 10 to 15 minutes of our week learning or speaking about something that's going to help us become more like Jesus. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on, whether Apple or Spotify, and let's dive into today's session. David and Goliath, the quintessential underdog story. Many of us know the general story. A giant called Goliath comes out and taunts the armies of Israel. He challenges Israel by saying, send out your best fighter and, and I'll fight him one-on-one -on -one, and the winner will be the ruler. And this goes on for 40 days. And scripture actually tells us that he comes out every morning and every evening. Every time he would come out, Israel would run away. So for 80 times in a row, 40 days, twice a day, 80 times in a row, Goliath presents himself and Israel run away. We then know that David arrives on the battlefield. He, he comes to the front lines to provide for his brothers. And he sees this giant who's opposing the armies of Israel. And he stands up and he says, why isn't anyone doing anything? And eventually, because he asks questions, because he positions himself in a place of um, countercultural, he's not running away. He wants to oppose him. He finds himself in front of King Saul. And King Saul, we know, tries to put his armor on him. He tries to make him carry his own weapons. But the story kind of gets to the point where David comes onto the battlefield and stands in front of Goliath. And even though he's belittled and insulted by this giant, he hurls a rock that he has collected up beforehand. And it says that it imprints into Goliath's forehead. And we know the story generally, right? We, we get this. We know and get the narrative and how it all works together. However, within the narrative, there are some things that when we pay close attention can seem a little bit weird. And and I want to highlight two verses that should make us sit up and ask some questions. So in the story, it happens in 1 Samuel 17, but in verse 4 to 5, there is this description of Goliath. And let me read it to you. It says, And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had, now here, listen, he had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Now, if we jump down to verse 49, we read the, 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 the final um, uh, moment of this battle where David kills him. And it says this, David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So here we have a, a giant, a man who, when he first comes out to taunt the armies of Israel, he's wearing this bronze helmet. Okay, um, and whenever I've researched this, I've looked at this, these helmets are not ones that expose the forehead, they actually cover the forehead. 
But then when David comes out to face the giant, his stone that he threw hits the forehead of Goliath. Again, I've looked at these drawings. I've looked at these pictures. The helmet was not just for show. It wasn't a decorative thing. It wasn't a, a, a thin thing. This was something made out of bronze that was supposed to protect him. It would have covered his forehead. And so what we can gather from this is that for some reason, when Goliath came out to fight David, he didn't wear his helmet. He wasn't wearing his entire army that he first wore when he came out to fight Israel. And from this, I think there are two big takeaways for us here today. Number one is keep your helmet on. We are not told why there was this opening in the armor of Goliath. We're not told why he didn't wear his helmet. All we know is that a stone from the sling of David found the forehead of Goliath. And so this begs the question, why was Goliath on the battlefield without a helmet? It's interesting what momentum, what pride and ego can do for you. For 40 days, Goliath had seen the armies of Israel run away from him. 80 times in a row, as we said, Goliath saw people run because of how big he was, how terrifying he was, and his reputation of being an incredible warrior. We even see Saul say to David, you can't fight him. He's been a warrior since he was his youth. So it wasn't just his image, it was his reputation that seemed to grow more and more for 40 days in a row. And I wonder if all of that, all that momentum, all that reputation led to Goliath becoming either lazy or overconfident to the point where he was like, I don't need this helmet. Israel's just going to run away again. And even when he sees David, he sees him at a, as a little runt. He sees him as something not to be worried about. Perhaps it wasn't something that had happened. Perhaps when he looked at David, again, he saw this young man who was so small and so insignificant that he didn't even need to put on his full armor. Regardless of what it was, whether it was his overconfidence in his own history and reputation or the underestimation of the one in front of him, Goliath wasn't wearing his helmet on the day he died. This has challenged me to ask myself, where have I stopped wearing the full armor of God? Where do I feel like there's enough momentum, there's enough success, there's enough breakthrough, there's enough healing that I don't need to be covered in the armor of God or I don't need to be covered in the garment of praise or I don't need to be covered in the righteousness of God? Again, I don't think it's intentional that we stop putting on these things, the armor, the righteousness, the praise. But I do think sometimes we think we're in a good enough place that we don't have to be intentional about it anymore. Think about that. Sometimes we can feel like we're in such a good place that we lack the intentionality behind our spiritual discipline. In Ephesians 6, we read what the full armor of God looks like and there's salvation and righteousness, peace, truth, faith, the, the word of God. And it's weird that we would ever think we don't need these things, right? It's, it's not like anyone intentionally goes, yeah, I don't need salvation today or I don't need peace today. But I wonder if in some of our lives, we've gotten too familiar with these things. We've gotten too comfortable with the journey. And, and, and so we, we put down things we should be putting on. We've become so competent that we think we don't need faith anymore. We've become so proficient in reading the Bible that we don't need the spirit of truth anymore. Can I encourage every single one of us listening to this right now, and I include myself, don't neglect the armor you have in Christ. It doesn't matter how much victory and momentum you are seeing or how small the obstacle in front of you seems. Keep your armor on. Don't take your helmet off. The enemy knows that often we are weakest when we are overconfident or underestimate the obstacle. So number one, keep your helmet on. But number two, and this I think is, is more of a prophetic for, for many of us listening today, number two is look again. 
look again. The second thing I, I see in the story is the fact that David went out and he saw an opportunity. Perhaps the armies of Israel hadn't noticed the change in Goliath's armor. They hadn't noticed his overconfidence or whatever the case is. But when Goliath, when Goliath got overconfident and cocky, Israel were too fearful that they didn't see the potential weakness in front of them. We don't know how long Goliath had stopped wearing his helmet for, but it took a young teenage boy who had skill with a sling and a stone, who had faith and a track record with God in the wilderness to see that Goliath now had a weak spot. Where before he had looked impenetrable and terrifying, now there was a weakness. Now there was a gap. Where before he was loud, now there was vulnerability. David saw that vulnerability where no one else did, and he took advantage of it. I get a sense that God is saying to many of us today, look again. The obstacle, the hurdle that's been in front of you and has seemed too big, seemed too violent, seemed all these things to conquer or overcome, look again. Because right now, I think God is creating a gap. God is creating a space. God is making a way where there was no way. And what he's asking of you and I, what he's asking of us is to look again and go again the same way David did. Perhaps this for you is a relationship and you've tried everything you can think of to move that relationship forward, to get it into the place that you can envision it being. And every time you try something, the relationship keeps stagnating. It doesn't move forward. No conversation seems to help. No gift seems to solve it. No counsel seems to move it. Can I encourage you today? Look again, because God is creating a gap. For others listening to this, the obstacle might be your career or your finances. I'm so aware that in South Africa, we face an incredibly high unemployment rate. But as we look at our nation, might we see this unemployment rate as something, uh, we, we may have seen this as something unbeatable that we can't do anything about. And there's no opportunities. There's no jobs. We've sent out CVs. We've gone to interviews. And it just seems time after again, Goliath gets in our way. But can I encourage you today, again, look Again, send out your CV again. Go to another interview. God is making a way. Perhaps it's a disease and you've been struggling with this disease or whether it's in the mental health space or the physical, your, your, your physical body. And, and the doctors have told you this is just how it is. It's going to be how you have to live the rest of your life. You're going to have to take this chronic medication for the rest of your life. And it frustrates you because you know that you are not operating at 100%. You're not operating at your place of peak performance. And can I say, look again. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Believe again. Have faith again. Pray again because Goliath is going to stumble. And so out of this passage that is so well known, David and Goliath, can I ask you just to think about these two things. Number one, let's keep our helmet on. And number two, let's look again. God is making a way, and I want to prophesy that over every single person listening today. God is making a way. Look again, believe again, trust again, go again, because there is a gap. There is an opening where before there wasn't. Man, I pray that this word inspires you and that you would see the fruits of this message in the week ahead, that you would see opportunities, you would see breakthrough, because you have dared, like David, to look again at an enemy that everyone has stopped looking at out of fear. Hope you have an amazing week. We will see you same time, same place next week.